0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. This is Sonny. In today's episode of Sunny Point Investing Podcast, we're going to talk about. The markets uh, and the fall that it took last week so in the week that went by dow fell by about thousand points s&p 500 fell five percent again five percent in the big scheme of things is not a big thing but the speed was really scary in five days and kind of in three days it went down about five percent so in today's episode we're going to visit that some reasons uh why this happened the general psychology of um what happens when this happens and then we'll talk about some sectors how are different sectors behaving How is the interest rate sectors behaving which are behaving well and bad and then we'll end with what i'm doing now so welcome to the episode and we'll review the week and what i'm doing and what's going on in the market so welcome So the primary reason that freaked the market out in this kind of pre-Halloween market scare was the interest rates. So the Fed increased the interest rates in September by 0.25%. The the hopes are that they will do it again in December, but none of these were a surprise. None of these by themselves took the market off surprise off guard. In general, the the tone of the Fed, the tone of Jerome Powell, which is um, the new Fed chair after Janet Yellen, is uh, very hawkish, as in they're very ready to raise interest rates. And then we saw the 10-year yield crossed 3.25%, and it was a steep up move, which really freaked the markets out. The the speed of the move of the 10-year yields uh, freaked the market out. So the real fear, which is behind that, from my perspective, is that... What if growth slows down and the Fed remains hawkish? As in, what if the interest rates keep getting higher the next year as well, but there's not enough growth? What happens in that scenario, right? So the growth slowdown fears um, have some legs. So first of all, what we've been seeing in the U.S., right? The U.S. economy has been performing really, really great in the last year, in the last uh, one and a half years, actually. And... The three reasons um, that you can say that have contributed a lot have been, like, apart from the global backdrop, which is helping a lot, the three reasons that uh, were very local, domestic, were the tax cuts, were the tax, uh, cash repatri- uh, repatriation, and um, the deregulations. So, since the new government came in, they announced and passed the tax cuts. So, um, a lot of companies and a lot of cash. Um, because saved through the taxes and also through repatriation, so they had cash which was sitting outside U.S. They bought it to work, they put it and in, uh, invested them, and the tax cuts were rightly going directly going to the bottom line. So the tax cuts and the repatriation helped a lot, and the deregulation helps a lot. Now what happens is, as the tax cut is usually uh, like till twelve months since it was passed, you would see four quarters the comps would be really great for the companies and repatriation is a one-time thing which companies might have already invested or have bought back the shares from so those two effect go away like not go away but like uh, significantly gets reduced on comparisons after a year right and then with the deregulation now the midterms are just less than a month away now and then if it goes Democrats' way the regulations will be backed into the corner. So with a scare for all these three things to slow down, uh with these three benefits to go away, if the Fed still stays hawkish, we would face um we would face a scenario for the first time in quite a while when the Fed is raising rates and growth's not happening, right? That's the that's the scare. Now, Fed has been a for so long. Since the recession, we've seen the interest rates were at 0% slash um, kind of negative going with how much quantitative easing was going on. Even after the quantitative easing ended, Janet Yellen was very, very data dependent and very, very slow and careful, and accommodative with the interest rate uh, increases. So all of a sudden now, they don't look as much data dependent. Um, So Jerome Powell and his tone has a pretty clear tone that we're um, kind of going on a high pace and with the full employment already and um, with potential inflation underway, we do need um, to raise interest rates to be sure that we're prepared for a next downturn, right? So these two things put together, uh, potential slowdown fears and the macro backdrop, Global backdrop also going towards slight slowdown, slowdown in growth, not recessionary slowdown, and accompanied with the hawkish Fed, which we've never seen in um, for years and years put together, has led to this sell off. Now, taking a larger view, these sell offs happen every now and then. Right now, it's just five percent, it's not a big thing. Uh, we've been used to these, it's not, it's nothing out of the blue. Every now and then, markets get scared of something, and we see that um, the classic step, step pattern up and elevator down kind of approach. So markets keep moving up in steps and steps and steps and steps for months and months, and they take an elevator down. Like, boom, it goes gives back all the gains. So, for example, very recently, like just talking about the last two, three years, we saw the China slowdown fears come in in January of 2016 when market went down by about 10%. And then we saw this February, the same fears, actually. In this February, when the 10-year yield hit 3%, we saw the market um, fall off. And then eventually the earnings season was good, nothing bad happened, and we all came back. So um, in the big scheme of things, these things happen, and we've been in such a good market that we haven't actually seen this a lot, and this is still a 5%. So it always helps to get have some cash on the side, always helps to... Not continuously invest when the market is making new highs, right? The new money that you're putting in at least, keep that on the side. And I hope you have it. And if you have it right now, I hope you're putting to use, not all together, but just distributing the buys. So in the next segment, we'll talk about different sectors and which sectors are behaving good and bad and what does the outlook look like. So actually, between um before getting started with these sectors, let me also cover one more reason we didn't cover was uh, tariffs, right so the tariff uh which is like a trade war, which is primarily between China and u s which is heating up now, is not taking good phase. markets actually thought at the first that it was just a negotiating tactic, it would go away, but they' just um the trade talk is just heating up. And actually, J.P. Morgan in its report for 2019 counted that as a major risk. And they have their base case assumption of a 25% import tariff from for everything that is coming into U.S. from China. And that they said could take off $8 from the S&P 500 earnings next year. So that put a 17 multiple on it. And that's by itself a 7 to 8% market risk somewhere around that. So that's also a risk. And let's start with that. Um, so the sectors that is primarily impacting are the industrials and every other uh, sector that has um, import material from China and selling into China. So the ch- China worries are two um, two sword worries. Kind of first is the tariff uh, worry from the trade war coming, of the products coming from China, and the second worry is that the Chinese economy itself is slowing down right now. Now, we don't actually know how much it is slowing down. Uh, The numbers do not show a lot of slowdown, but then do you believe the numbers? A lot of people who look at the ground data of different industries, they see a slowdown happening already. So that definitely is the first sector we're talking about, which is everything that is impacted by that so um, big industrials and big companies that have a lot of sales in china like apple like nike they sell a lot of product in china so they are affected by the slowdown fears in china and the ones that are importing materials like the industrials are impacted by um the tariff war worries heating up next year so we're seeing a sell-off through the chinese tech names uh we're seeing sell off in all Chinese names actually, so Alibaba is making um a fifty two week low this week. It hit like eighteen times forward at one forty dollars Baidu uh is at one ninety dollars now that's selling at like sixteen times forward earnings they're really cheap, but then again they're cheap because people believe that the slowdown will further impact the profitability and the sales growth that we've been used to seeing them from from them right um Talking about the other sectors, we let's cover a whole group of interest rate sensitive sectors, which are actually selling down way more than the markets unusual, right? So S&P 500, the market is now just 5% from the top, right? It's 5% top from the all-time highs. It's not a lot, right? It's not a lot. It's not even half of a correction, which is 10%. But the real pain in the market has been felt by the interest rate sensitive sectors because a lot of sectors are way... Down than the uh, what S and five hundred suggests, what the index suggests, right? So primarily we're talking about home builders, autos, and semis. So if you look at home builders, they've been selling off a lot. Many home um, builders are they're reporting good results. They only recently saw some slowdown, but they're still going down a lot. So for example, let's take KB Homes, um, a company that I was invested in before. I sold off, thankfully, um, after the upside. Um, so this was I. I it, it hit a high of 38 uh, and it started coming down. I saw the interest rates were rising. Thankfully, sold off at like 33, 31 bef- between that range. Now it's gone down to 20. And it's not alone. A lot of home builders are going down. So KB Home, um, for example, is growing its sales from 6 to 10% now but it's selling at would p of six and a half yes <laughs> and similarly toll brothers has given away from like 50 55 to like now again it's selling pretty cheap um so all the housing uh, plays are down let's talk about the next one is uh, autos autos are like just giving up the ground and um the the fear is that it's already peaked, the market has peaked last year in terms of auto sales, and until it gets clear about what the next leg of innovation brings in terms of uh, what its impact on the car sales is, uh, this is now looked upon as a cyclical industry that has said its peak, right? And that's the fear. So one auto company that I'm invested in, actually, let's look at that, so General Motors, uh, so General Motors and Fiat Chrysler are the two that I'm invested in. Let's talk about General Motors. General Motors is now selling at a forward P of five and a half, literally five and a half, and um, it has a dividend yield of about 4.7 percent, and it also owns uh, Cruise, which is its uh, the version that it acquired, and now it's um, SoftBank invested in it, and Toyota invested in it, so it's by itself, it should have a lot of, um, like, in at least uh, it should have, like, 12 to 15 billion dollar market valuation, because that's what Toyota and SoftBank valued it at. And the whole General Motors is now available at $44 billion. So it's uh, sold off quite a bit now. Now it's at 32, 31. It hit the high of 45 not long ago. So that sold off a lot. Ford, if you see, is selling now at a lower B multiple than its dividend yield, yeah, um, that is that is a sign that people don't believe um, either the dividend will sustain or the current earnings system are right. And to be fair, all the companies we're talking about, housing and autos, they're all heavy with debt, right? Um, so it affects in two ways. When the interest rates rise, they have to pay more on their debt, more interest on the debt, and also if um the market is feeling that we're at the top of the cycle then it's not good for us cyclical stocks to have a high debt and when the top is already behind us so i see the fears but the valuation they're trading at is super cheap if you look at intel intel has also um like in general semis right semiconductor stocks have been sold off a lot they're also super cheap again nobody believes i guess that um that they're going to meet um, their earnings or numbers in coming year or two so let's talk about the two that i own is intel and micron so intel from the high of 57 58 that it touched um this year mid this year around march and april now it's down to 44 it's still no slowdown in numbers that we've seen the recent guidance was up um the recent sales number for the whole year was up but now it's selling at ten and a half times earnings forward earnings and it has more than two and a half percent dividend yield so just for dividend yield it's selling again at like eight to nine times forward earnings and then micron <laughs> what do we say about micron oh god micron uh has pulled back from 62 to 42 sales at a forward uh, b of like four and a quarter and these stocks actually do not have a lot of debt micron um is cash positive uh, intel has barely 5% debt over the market cap right so these all sectors which are cyclicals have been written down by the market it's clearly believed that they will not hit their growth targets or the current estimates so home builders autos semis some industrials all of these interest rate sensitive sectors have taken a lot of bit um a lot of beating sorry and then the growth names also have taken a lot of beatings so every that so that includes tech right so tech has been going up and up and up for a long time now and um deservedly so with the earnings growth but what we've been seeing now with a sudden sell-off and um some of the etfs have the tech etfs have given up gains from not that long ago actually But it's still sold off quite a bit. So like last three months of gains are kind of gone. But so the Fang names, the Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google, they've all sold off a lot. And probably those were the names where a lot of people had a lot of profits in this year, including Apple. But Apple has not sold off a lot. So all of the high growth and high uh, multiple names, again, maybe that's why Apple did not sell off a lot. Because it was not a high growth and high multiple name. But... So, it's a cash machine. But the names like Amazon, Netflix, Google, Facebook, and uh, many other enterprise software names have had a lot of, um, have seen their multiples go up and up and up and up and up. And the market has been paying a lot for their growth. They had a lot of profits sitting. So, I think when the market went down, they took a breather and all of these uh, fell as well. So, what stood up are the typical sectors that stood stand up when um, the slowdown is usually expected on the growth side, right? So utilities, pharma, like Johnson and Johnson, Pfizer, those companies have been up. Now, what does that mean? Is that the market participants are actually expecting a slowdown, right? They're thinking that if, even if the um, as the growth drivers go away and the tariff war heats up, and if the Democrats come back in the midterms, we have left regulation as well, and if we see the the global macro is not also helping uh, helping as much as it used to help with all this in place if we see the interest rate go up they may be slow down further and they're preparing for that slowdown so that's how the sectors have performed interest rate sectors and the China sectors and the big growth names those have been the biggest hit and um, the ones that have stood out are the steady-eddy kind of um, dividend players um, including pharma names uh, healthcare names and uh, utilities and in the last segment after this we'll talk about what we're doing right now and uh, what you should be doing right now so let's go to that so when we talk about putting new money into the market i hope you have a little bit more flexibility in your portfolio right now which is meaning that either you have Uh, cash sitting on the sidelines or you have uh, owned the names that have gone up a lot and you have profits and you think they're highly valued and then you can kind of uh, distribute your gains into other holdings Um, nothing can be done if you don't have right now but it's generally what we say like when markets keep going up and up and up and make new highs Just be careful about where you're putting and your new money in at least. So given that if you have flexibility now, let's talk about what should be added to and what I'm adding at. So the approach that I'm taking towards the, first of all, let's uh, talk about the Chinese names, right? So I've been adding to them over time, over the last two months or so. Again, they haven't been doing well, so my primary hope or kind of principle and belief was that when I started adding, I would add slow because the Chinese slow down worries they will take some time to actually know what was going on. But at the same time, one of the beliefs was that trade war stuff that was going on was only a negotiation and something would be in place by now. The thing is, nothing is in place by now, and it's only looking bad. And it would it at least looks that it would take some time before getting sorted out so nobody wants to give in u.s is adding more tariffs they're not able to like even talk and negotiate um and there's no end in sight so they're being selling off more and more but now i feel like i've added to my limit which is uh what how much i wanted to add the chinese names i've added that now i want to take a wait and watch approach if the negotiations go through if the growth uh, slowdown worries we know that are not as significant. I'll add more. At that time, maybe the stock prices are higher uh, than what they're now, but that's okay. So for right now, I'm not adding any Chinese names, but if you don't have any, other, any holdings at all, this is a good time. This is a good time to start. Again, add slowly, see how they react and how the negotiation goes. But the names that have high growth, at least on the top line, even if um, they're lagging a little bit on the bottom line for now, I'm adding, and but not right now. I added over the last two months. So that include Baidu, that includes Alibaba, that includes Tencent, that includes Naspers, who is a South African company but holds stake in Tencent, and some others. So I'm holding on to them right now. And then the interest rate sectors um, are the ones that I'm actually, like sensitive sectors, are the ones that I'm... Very tempted by, but I'm not invested in this new cycle. So, home builders, as I said, I sold out of KB Homes and Toll Brothers, and I'm not holding any of those. Um, probably not looking to buy now because the interest rates are going up. Let's see how the housing market reacts in the, some quarters coming ahead. And autos, so I'm invested in General Motors and Fiat Chrysler. Um, so, many automakers are really really selling cheap and even the auto ancillary makers who make like auto parts so for example magna international and lear corp these are the two major players there they're both selling at like six and a half and seven times forward earnings they both have a one and a half to two percent dividend yield so clearly the um a lot of negativity is already built in i'm tempted but i'm not adding more right now except in gm and fiat chrysler where i'm keeping my holdings the um, semiconductor stocks are the ones that I am actually adding. I'm, um, not recently, I did not add this week, but I've been a holder of Micron and Intel. Both of them are the positions I would hold, and if they fall more, I'll buy more. Now, coming to the sector that I'm actually buying right now, like the highest um, buys I'm putting my new money into, are the high-growth names that I've always wanted to add, but I wish that they pulled back a little bit. So we're talking about high growth tech names um the standard ones that you would have um liked for a long time but maybe did not have your portfolio allocation right and this is what i've been doing over the last week so i added amazon and google so amazon again if you look at the journey it is rewarded you well and there is the only positives the only things that are changing are towards the positive now which is they're maintaining their top-line growth, but they're still accelerating their bottom-line growth. So the bottom-line growth, as in the earnings growth, was never a story about Amazon, but it has now become, and that's why the stock has seen its like crazy 70, 80 percent up move this year. Like even off this sell after the sell-off, it's still up more than 70 percent for the year. And the main reason behind this is the earnings growth on the bottom line. So uh, after the AWS profitability, now we're seeing the earnings were about four and a half dollars last year. It's supposed to be 17 this year, and it's estimated at 25 next year. So we saw the stock cross a one trillion mark not long that long back, and now it was at about 840 billion dollar valuation, so about 15% sell off from the top, and that's where I put new money to use google was selling was going event to about 25 times forward on its way up and now it's sold off from about 1260 to about 1100 so i added that it's selling at 22 and a half times forward now if you go one year forward as in the same time next year it would be trading at about 19 to 20 times forward earnings then and it has about five to ten percent cash setting so I feel if you look one year ahead and look at the forward earnings then it would be trading, um, trading at about 17, 18 times forward earnings including um, include, inclusive of the cash on the balance sheet. So those are pretty good buys. If you think that you're not, in those names, or if you think that you haven't scaled them as much as you would like to, every market sell-off is an opportunity to make your portfolio better. So sell off the things you don't like, sell off the things you own that have gone up a lot, that are actually expensive now, sell off the things that are not doing that bad, but are actually interest rate sensitive, and you can sell off and get into the names that you have more confidence in, or as a portfolio, that makes you happy. And the companies that you would always like to own And now they're just being kicked off because of the market sell-off. So get into them. That's what I'm doing. So basically, I've added Chinese names over the last two months. Now I'm holding interest rates sensitive sectors. I'm not buying, but I'm tempted by the autos and semiconductor stocks. I've been buying into um, high growth tech names. I haven't actually added to a lot of uh, uh, mid-cap tech names, but... I have added to like HP and Box recently, but in um, the majority of the new investments are in high growth and high market cap names, namely Amazon and Google. And also one more sector that I'm adding now is banks. So banks are really sold off a lot, but the interest rates are going up. So the theme remains stagnant. Um, It's the same. The fears of the flattening yield curve probably are overblown. They're selling for cheap. Um, I added Bank of America, Morgan Stanley, even Goldman Sachs is pretty cheap right now. J.P. Morgan has pulled back about 10%, a high-quality name. J.P. Morgan and Citigroup reported earnings last week. They were good, and I don't see any worry. So at this point in time, inclusive of what I'm doing, I would say high-tech growth names or, let's say, high-growth tech names and banks are the places to add if you have some cash. Put them to use. If you don't, think about, look at your portfolio, think what makes sense to sell off from, think what you wanted your portfolio always to be uh, consisting of, and make the changes, use the correction, move your quality up of the portfolio, and make a portfolio that you would be happy coming off of this correction, right? So we'll keep an eye. Maybe the market sell-off has more to go. It's just 5%. We'll keep an eye. There might be further increase in yields, maybe not way far in the very short term, because it's already risen so much in the very short term. But let's see how trade war goes. Uh, and the tariffs go, maybe there's a further slowdown, maybe we go to 10% down, but it helps to look at uh, what names you want to add and add some now, and add some more if it goes down. Another name that I've been added this week was PayPal. PayPal sold out from about 100, sorry, 93 to now 77. Now it's selling at 27 times forward. If you've been wanting to add to Square, that has also pulled back from 100 to about mid-70s. So think about adding the growth names. Think about adding the names that are not very, very sensitive to the interest rates, and they would see their growth continuing to uh, without um any impact from the total um domestic growth that we were seeing in the last couple of years so that's my take hope that was helpful hope you're making making some moves and using any correction that we get right maybe five percent or ten percent any panic that the market goes down in a really short period of time and gives you some really good entry points into the names you've always wanted to own amazon and google have been for me in the last week so hope this was helpful hope you're making those moves Um, If you like this episode or this podcast in general, leave a good review, share the word. Again, this is not supported by any advertisements, so word of mouth is all it's about. And if you want to reach out, any social media profile or my website, sunnygoklani.com, that is www.sunnygoklani.com. Okay, see you, and let me know if you have any questions or topics you'd like me to cover for the next episode. Goodbye. Happy investing.